0: I'm Adam Maness. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you.
1: That is good stuff. And I'm not just... Okay, I'm just saying that because you're sitting there. <laughs> No, man. That's, that's, that's some incredible. good shit. It, yeah, it really see? is. Holy
0: <laughs> cow. That is uh, the uh, beautiful s- sounds and tones of Sean Jones and his group Live at the Bistro from yeah. Mac Avenue. And we have a very special guest in the house today. Mr. Sean Jones. What's up, man. y'all? Yeah, yeah. How you How doing?
2: doing? Good, man. Always good to be here. Who Great was in that band you. when you recorded over there? That's uh, actually a composition that you're listening to now. It's uh, written by the saxophonist Brian Hogan's mm-hmm. uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, rounding out the rhythm section is Obed Calvair, Oren Evans, mm-hmm. and uh, Lucas Curtis, and myself. Yeah, some slouches. <laughs> terrible, terrible cats Those were great gigs
0: I remember being there a couple of the nights And I think you had two different bands yeah. maybe that week
2: yeah, yeah, I basically created a uh, situation Where it was two versions of a quintet Two versions of a quartet And we recorded each version each night mm-hmm. So, Well, on different nights So the first night was a quartet with Obed as a drummer mm-hmm. Second night was a quintet with Obed as a drummer Mm-hmm. then the third and fourth nights we brought in mark whitfield jr mm-hmm. to play drums so, right yeah great in both stuff. formats
0: yeah yeah great stuff so sean you are um somehow you have mastered the art of not only the trumpet uh but of the ability to both be everywhere at all times <laughs> but to really do meaningful things when you get there there's a lot of guys and gals that like just sort of take a lot of different things and do a lot of different things but one of the things that I admire so much about you is that you do quite a few things but you really uh, do them well. And you put a lot of your heart and soul into them. And, um, I've been around you and, you know, gotten a chance to play, we're playing all this week, but we're doing other stuff. We're doing workshops, we're doing interviews, photo shoots and stuff. And mm-hmm. you have this like very just peaceful, graceful ability to kind of float from one thing to the next. And so, um, have you thought about that? Cause I know you're super like ambitious about doing things and, and, and really, um, calculating in a very positive spiritual way about like your career and stuff but like how do you how do you go from like you know the SF Jazz Collective to your band to to teaching you know heading up the program at Peabody and all these different things that you do but but keep that quality level high
2: I think it's it's a couple of different things one I've learned to be comfortable inside of uncomfortable situations mm. um, and that is like reinventing yourself I'm constantly trying to reinvent what I do, who I am um, in education. So the moment that I get comfortable, I immediately start, I start looking for something else to challenge me mm-hmm. immediately. But it has to be a natural extension of what I've already been doing. Mm-hmm. Like education, for example spent 10 years at Duquesne University, and as soon as I got my 10-year letter, I immediately started looking for another job. <laughs> Getting too comfortable. Yeah, it was like, okay, now I'm set here. L- what's next?
0: The this- admin was like, we have never sent out a letter like that and then had somebody quit, right? Yeah,
2: usually they're setting
1: flowers. He's he's so everywhere that I, I ran into you at Jen, and I was like, oh, oh I didn't yeah. know you were going to be
2: here. He was like, yeah, I'm president-elect. <laughs> 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 I <was> like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I just like challenges, man. Yeah. I mean, I think that's I think Miles said it best. You know, you know, you just got to be. anytime a musician gets comfortable, they start to decline in their art form. Mm. So I'm just looking for stuff to continue to inform who I am as a as an artist and as a person. So.
1: Yeah, I think this is a really important point that, our, you'll hear it. Listeners will appreciate because part of being an artist is is it's that discomfort but it's it's not settling for where you are for knowing that there's something else past mm-hmm. there yeah. mm-hmm. and realizing that this uncomfortableness this like not settling that's that's the process that is it yeah, yeah. Right.
0: yeah. yeah. when well, I think that there's like there's such a tradition of that in jazz in terms of how we play it like that's what gives a lot of the music I think it's edge but I, I would say especially with trumpet players like you bring up Miles and I'm thinking about a lot of great trumpeters Freddie hubbard like just in the moment of the way that you guys play you know and i love playing with like especially comping behind musicians like you where like if i start to throw a curveball or or something kind of goes off for a second like you don't look at it as like oh man you know it's like oh this is a challenge like how do we pull like what's the other path like how do we do that it's an opportunity and And, like trumpet being such a frontline instrument you know there's that natural leadership thing even if you're not the leader but it just comes from the nature of the instrument that can set the tone in a super exciting way for the band
2: yeah i think that's why miles was so hip man i mean he would imagine how. and and talking about being uncomfortable right in order to be uncomfortable you had to give up your comfort so mm. think about how much success Miles actually gave up in order to go into the next level of success in his career.
0: Yeah, for real, totally.
2: Seriously, I mean, kind of blue. He could have done that. It's like, okay, cool, yeah. that's it.
0: Right. Nah, totally. he
2: gave that up. Yeah. And just kept kept going. Sketches of Spain. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It takes and because a lot of courage. yeah, it takes a lot of courage. And because yeah. he's in that front line position, the band trusts that it's like, mm. okay, he's already putting his ass on the line. Yep. So let me do the same.
0: Was funny because we, I mean, we're doing this every day. Like, how often does like Miles Davis's name comes up almost every day? Almost to the point. Sometimes I'm like, man, people going to think we're relying on him so much, but I really think he has this outsized influence. Well, I mean, way beyond just trumpet players. Mm-hmm. Just on the, and obviously with his different bands, he had such an influence on you know Herbie and Chick and all these you know Wayne Shorter that went on to have influences. So it's like he's this, he's sort of this grandfather of the music in terms of like. You know, a number of different specific musical things, but maybe this really interesting, like, live on the edge, you know, be uncomfortable, like, turn your back to the audience, do whatever it is, but the music is always killing. Like, that's one thing with him, like, it was always, like, the level of musicianship in terms of who he chose and how he played. Was always there, of I course. Mean, can you think of another artist in
1: any genre that changed so much and risked so much? I mean, it's really it's a short list of folks who Bruno are. Bruno Mars. Off. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why he <laughs> no, brought I mind. mean, you know, why is Miles always on the cutting edge of everything? It's a, it seems right. that way in, in his prime when he was, you know,
2: yeah. I mean, incredible. on to the next. That's is nice. Yeah. See, Stout every time here. we're
0: like, we're talking about Miles, then bam, we start doing it again. We can't. That's help
2: okay. it. Yeah, okay. right. I'm totally fine with that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: cool. So, <clears> um, You know, one of the many exciting things that you've uh, gotten involved with somewhat recently is taking over the program at Peabody, Mm -hmm. at the Peabody School of Music. And um, can you just tell us a little bit about sort of your vision for that? Because I know you have some very Mm -hmm. interesting kind of unique things about how, and I know it's early still. Yeah. And so it's a very exciting time.
2: Well, the first thing that excited me about the opportunity is that the program was actually sort of on a decline. Mm. And so where I, you know, a lot of people saw like, oh, man, this is going to this is trouble. I saw opportunity and I saw opportunity through the musicians that were living in the area. I mean, you got some of the greatest jazz musicians on the face of the earth Mm -hmm. living in Baltimore, D.C., all cats right there. They're they're my peers and they're, they're friends, great educators, bad cats. So I thought to myself, let's investigate this and see what's possible and through talking to the deans that were there and the action the president of the university they it sounded like they were um like really supportive of whoever came in to build it and I asked I said listen am I going to be able to bring in my own people mm-hmm. and they said yeah you'll be able to do that and I said okay cool so I took the plunge man and it was it was a very difficult decision to leave Berkeley man that's sure. like leaving like the ivory tower man, right. to go down and just really get your get your hands dirty and try to build something. But but it's been great. So the vision faculty, faculty that live in the community, mm. faculty to perform in the community, bringing students into the community to perform, having real musicians come in and teach from experience instead of teaching from a book, teach from a practical standpoint, teaching the tradition while letting them know what's going on in the field right now. Um, introducing some technologies. That's something that we're going to start to do mm-hmm. later on. We know some um, people who can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, uh, yeah I'm looking at them. Yeah. And, um, and sort of paring down the curriculum so that they can actually work on the stuff that they're being introduced to while they're in school. Because mm. a lot of times they're so inundated with work and with this class, that right. class, and all of that, that they can't practice until the summertime. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great point because that's – and I didn't realize because I've been kind of disconnected with the um, conservatory scene as a student uh, until recently and talking to different folks. But I didn't realize that the the requirements had gotten to be so much. And, yeah, yeah, it's so easy to lose sight of, like, in order to play this music, you have to shed. Of course, you have to be playing situations. But, I mean, if we don't give them a chance to just have Mm. those hours in the practice room, how are they going to – I mean, they're going to learn all this other stuff, but yeah. they're not going to be able to play when they graduate. And then they're going to be coming to you and be like... I was oh. just talking to a
1: young bass player who's from here, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes to a, a very good music school. And he's, he said he was feeling overwhelmed. And he's a really good player, has it together, but just feeling overwhelmed. Just the amount of information being kind of forced upon him without being able to kind of have the time to process, Is is this what I should be doing right. yeah you know, it's a challenge of, of jazz school for sure yeah because yeah. there are these different thoughts that you know from different teachers that come at you and, and I like the idea of giving the, the students some time yeah
2: that's right. every music school yeah, mm-hmm. and almost any not just music school but any program mm-hmm. those classes justify hours which justify income yeah. for the people that are that are working there and so it's a hard thing it's a hard balance to create because every class that you take away you're taking away hours from a faculty member, but at the end of the day, the university, the college, you're there for the students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to always think about them first, and and so we're pairing down. We have a we have a nine member faculty, and the good thing is that these cats are out on the road. They're yeah. out playing, and and that's encouraged. Yeah. Um, so go out and do your thing, so that you're not like pounding the door down at the university, right. trying to create courses that so much sense. to make more money. Right, so right. there's a balance there that can be created. And we all work together. We cover each other's classes. We make sure that students know that they can talk to us at any point in time. So we're really trying to create a community there.
1: Not to mention that being out playing actually helps you become a better, more relevant teacher Exactly. To your students. Right,
0: and then plus, if you get like a student who's a really good bass player, you can pull them out on the road. We always <laughs> exactly. bass players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it's true. Because the recruitment side, that's great. Yeah, um, so that, that's the, the teaching, and you're always involved with a lot of great performance uh, situations. I know you've left SF Jazz now yep. after a wonderful tenure there, really being associated with them. What's on the horizon playing-wise with your own group? you got some stuff coming up you're excited about.
2: Yeah, I'm working on a few different projects. Actually, I did a, uh, a commission. It's called Flying Girls, that I'm looking to record that. And that's my, verse, my first uh, venture into pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought this pedal board, getting into more electronics and different effects and sounds like that. So that's kind of an electric band. Down the rabbit hole, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm working on with that. Yeah. I'm working on a project with uh, tap artist Brene Ali, which is a Dizzy Gillespie project mm. that uh, deals with Dizzy and Afrofuturism. Okay. Uh, so that's tap, um, turntables, rhythm section, and myself with pedals. So I'm nice. working on that. And, um, yeah, and also in education, I'm working with Carnegie Hall with NYO, Yeah, jazz, and that's that's a lot on my plate. So th- there's a lot there.
0: Now, do you guys have, are you having like, a, I know last year you had Diane Reeves was kind of the featured soloist and artist yes. traveling with the, do you guys have somebody this year, or is it just the band? or?
2: Uh, this year is Kurt Elling. Oh, Kurt wow. Elling's going to be nice. out with us, and we're, nice. we're going to Asia this year. Okay. So that's exciting. That's great. And see, that's we'll,
0: smart. You guys get those top singers. Yeah, That's how you yeah. do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: hey those are they're the best yeah and um also i just recently became the uh president elect as you said right of jen so that's, that's we'll be great. doing a lot of work with that
0: you're gonna be getting a lot of calls from just down old friends <laughs> different opportunities yeah. you know so yeah um, hey, hook me up with a booth yeah <laughs> up. Right. so uh before we go we're just gonna mention because it's such a you've done two courses for us here at open studio mm-hmm. that are wonderful jazz trumpet fundamentals volume one and volume two And uh, we've gotten so much great feedback on them. And for folks that are interested, uh, you know, trumpet players, brass players in general, what's been fun for me to see is like the different places that you know you get member the members come and acquire your courses and i remember you mentioned kind of on your way out after the first recording session you know you were like you know you might want to think about getting these translated into spanish because there's a lot of folks in south america and i was like wow it seems so random but then we started getting <laughs> the orders from like colombia yeah, yeah, uh, definitely brazil you know argentina It's a brass culture that's a real brass Serious culture brass there culture, yeah. Yeah. but they've really connected with you and the knowledge that that you broke down and it's so great you know for folks that don't know about it cuz you you do everything from like you know how to how to you know clean your mouthpiece to like how to play over Cherokee to it really you know it's a jazz course but it's more a trumpet course for a, a modern jazz player I guess I'd say right. you do that whole breakdown on the Arvin you know method I mean it's like we Clark were like, studies man yeah <laughs> we were like trumpet nerdum you know the ultimate level up in here right? <laughs> but you always keep it like super fun and interesting and engaging actually
1: you know? my favorite lesson is the one on the blues uh, on volume one, with yeah.
0: talk about the 10 bar blues.
1: Oh, yep. yeah, oh man, yep, that's so great. That's no, great. Yeah, I stole a bunch of stuff off that, it was great. Yeah, borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. I borrowing.
0: bought the course, yeah. So, yeah. Come on. <laughs> so uh, well, thank you so much, Sean, for being here on the You'll Hear podcast with us. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and um, until tomorrow,
2: yeah,
1: thanks for having me, cats. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. we're gonna go out, let's go out with uh, one of. Something from your Kaleidoscope album, is that cool? Sure, man. I love this tune, Allison, man. Oh, Oh, Allison's incredible. Wait, hold up. That's my jam. (laughs) (laughs) That's my jam. Okay, that could be your jam. I picked it first, actually. Okay, cool. You'll hear it.